0: Welcome everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Appraisal Buzzcast. We appreciate all the feedback we've been getting from you. Make sure you're subscribed below to get notified of our latest episodes. I'm Jim Morrison, and today we have Joan Trice, the president of CRN, and we'll be speaking with Jeremy Steinmeier, the director of product management at ACI. We'll be discussing his Valuation Visionary Award from the CRN and what his vision for the future of the industry is. Joan, I'll hand it over to you.
1: Thank you, Jim, and welcome, Jeremy, and congratulations on winning the Valuation Visionary Award this year. As hopefully our audience knows, you are nominated by your peers within the CRN, and then uh, we have a vote, and then we have a winner, and, and this year you are it. So, since you're the visionary, the resident visionary. What's your vision for valuation in 2022?
2: That's uh, first of all, thank you, Joan. Thank you, and thank you to my colleagues. I uh, very uh, humbled and and equally honored by the, this award and and just to have been selected by my peers, who I think you know are. Many of which highly deserving of such an accolade. So this is a great honor for me, particularly since you know there's a bit of a legacy with, with our company, you know, with Alan Hummel and George Opelka. That this is a this is a great and exciting moment uh, for 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 me. So vision for uh, you know the valuation, or we'll say profession. In 2022, there's so many things going on right now that are both exciting and challenging that that we've got to work uh, work through, and uh, a lot of it's coming, you know, from all, well, it's coming from a lot of different directions, right? So there's we've got desktops and hybrids that are right. Right at our doorstep here, and and not not that they haven't been around, right? But now they're starting to become policy. And it's
1: about to get real. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um.
2: And, and so there's, you know, for for ACI, uh, you know, and and just our, our approach to all of these opportunities, uh, we're really focusing, you know, as as we always do, on the appraiser and how to make them more efficient and more effective at their jobs. And obviously, there's a technology bent to that, but it, but there's but there's more to it than that, right? There's just this connectivity that uh, appraisers need uh, in order to be successful between them and their client. And we really believe moving the appraiser further up the uh, the value chain is critical um, to success in these new environment or new new conditions. Um, what do so- you
1: mean by that, Jeremy?
2: Yeah, well, you know, over time, uh, as an as appraisers, that relationship with you know the the lender has begun to get diffused a bit uh, because we have so many uh, AMCs uh, out there in the business which are bringing value in their in their way and doing a lot of things that are helping us innovate and 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 do a lot of the great work that we're doing, but because of that uh, interjection there of the AMC. the appraiser gets a little further removed from the end user of the report. And we really feel like bringing them closer to that. We're not talking about cutting anybody out here, but bringing them closer from a connectivity and a technology position, we're able to improve the efficiency and, and the uh, the effectiveness of what the appraiser is doing every day. And, and so practically what that means is, you know, right now, uh, a lender will order an appraiser uh, appraisal, and they'll you know order it from an AMC. Uh, in a lot of cases, and the appraisal will get that order, and and then there's this whole place and chase thing going on, right? So, I, I really think that there's a, a lot of inefficiency that takes place in that whole process. And if we can give the appraiser an edge there uh, by making their communication with the, uh, with the client, making their communication with the end user uh, a little more seamless, happening kind of automatically, that's an important step in this process because the appraiser spends so much time. They're, they're juggling so many things, right? They're, in, in most cases, they're an appraiser on their own running their own business yeah so they have wearing be,
1: all the hats exactly. and then are the chief cook and bottle washers for, uh, <laughs> exactly. yeah yeah, yeah so
2: there's a lot there that we want to you know we, we want to start bringing solutions to that that are that are ripe for 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 solutioning
1: excellent well jeremy we're going to take a quick break for a commercial message and then we'll be right back
0: the Dictionary of Real Estate Appraisal 7th Edition is a landmark text that reflects the depth and breadth of appraisal knowledge. Each entry, definition, and reference has been painstakingly researched and designed to reflect the expert understanding of issues that currently impact the profession. The new dictionary is essential and authoritative resource for all appraisers. To purchase, visit appraisalinstitute.org/dictionary7. Joan, back to you.
1: Thank you, Jim. So, Jeremy, you know I hate to throw this question at you, but it is sort of the topic du jour, and, and that is, what do you see over the this coming year with respect to the racial bias discussion, and what do you? And actually, do you see technology playing a role in uh, maybe providing a solution uh, that would satisfy the stakeholders?
2: It, it, it's a challenging topic, and and I don't think it's one that 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 the appraisal profession is shying away from. As a matter of fact, I think it's a, a great opportunity for appraisers to to further bolster that notion of public trust that's so important to our profession. It's critical that the uh, that that the appraisal profession represents diversity, it truly represents a community, right? We gain so much from diversity in the appraisal um, ranks that it, it, it can't be overlooked, and we we can't not focus on it you know or 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 focus on it too much right there's there's a lot of opportunity for improvement there as the 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 ranks of appraisers uh better reflect the communities that they serve that public trust just becomes more and more inherent and and i think and there's organic a, you know, yeah,
1: i mean absolutely. It just yeah yeah just Makes perfectly good sense.
2: One hundred percent. But that's not the only only way to improve the process here, right? It's not. That's not a silver bullet to to address a you know racial bias in any um, you know industry or profession. Uh, the other aspect that's really difficult to, to put a finger on and root cause is the structural bias that exists within the appraisal process. And I, I don't think that that has really gotten uh, enough attention yet and I think there's still a lot of research going on that, that needs to take place um, an analysis of, of what contributors exist here. But when you know we, you have to really we're driven by policy, right? Everything that the appraiser does is so regimented from USPAP to you know GSE policies to lender policies, there are so many possibilities right where a disparate impact can occur along the way here, because we didn't anticipate some policy having some impact that, that wasn't intentional, but was intended for good practice, right, to to bolster the integrity or the efficacy of the process.
1: Well, and, and you you made an, a really important point, and that is that there might be some policy problems worth looking at, and that is hardly... The appraiser's fault, correct? And, you know, everybody seems to want to kick the appraiser around and blame the appraiser because they're at the bottom of the food chain, but they don't write the policies right. or the guidelines by which they complete an appraisal. So I I take most of the blame. You know, I I do think there are certainly individuals in our midst who are racists. And I like to think it doesn't happen, but common sense tells me uh, that sometimes that bias is going to find its way in the results of an appraisal report, unfortunately. But we also have a regulatory structure that the stakeholders are quickly learning doesn't work too well. Because uh, I'm sure you saw that letter uh, that Maxine Waters uh, sent earlier this week. And that was abhorrent, but they don't know where to complain. I mean, I, I yeah,
2: it's difficult, right? That that we don't really—I uh, don't think there's any real uh, indicator of, of root cause here. And there, there's a bit of a—I I, want to say—a flailing approach here, where it's like, let's just see what 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 sticks and see what what can uh, what we can resolve. There needs to be a much more methodical approach here. Um, we're appraisers; we say that all the time, right? We're we're very analytical in in, a, in our approach, um, and and but it is important. You have to look at things from an from an analytical process and really seek to understand the underlying causes before you start solutioning. Uh, solutioning before you you know the cause can produce a, a lot of unintended consequences that. We, we just can't afford, and the, the safety and soundness of the entire economy is, I don't want to say is completely undermined by bad policies in the valuation space. That's, that's overstating the truth here. But boy, there's so many un, you know, downstream impacts of implementing bad practices, bad policies from a safety and soundness perspective. And that has to be a consideration.
1: I couldn't agree more. And you pointed out the public trust issue of all this. And so, you know, lenders know how to handle a reconsideration of value. AMCs know how to handle that. But they're really, I think, one of the solutions if, again, if we had a single regulator instead of the crazy (laughs) spaghetti chart that I I drew a while back, where we actually had an agency that was held accountable, those reconsideration, this is actually something that an appraiser can look forward to out of all this criticism that's going on, because reconsiderations of value take up an enormous amount of wasted time for the appraiser, where they're not out Doing appraisals and making money so they can support their family and moving on to the next appraisal request. Yeah. I think if we centralize that process and standardize that process, not only would we glean information about the types of complaints, it because we can now analyze it, the data, yeah. uh, because it would be coming into a central place. But it also now speaks to the public trust. The public knows that there is a process where they can reach some satisfaction.
2: Absolutely. Um,
1: And it should be expeditious because now, if I file a re or if I file a complaint with a state regulator, I might get the results of that six months down the road. Right now, I have a contract, I'm trying to get to the settlement table. And I'm pulling my hair out because I'm a frustrated home home buyer.
2: And, and it's not something that they would have experience with in most cases, right? This is not a transaction that you do every day. Um, and so that that's that adds complexity to the process. The general public doesn't necessarily know how to interact with this process, or you, you know, and look, let, let's be completely honest, as an appraiser, I'm not perfect, right? I I can make mistakes. There needs right. to be a process here for you know credible challenge uh, of the report, but that's the key to it. It has to be credible. credible yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so
1: well founded.
2: How do you define credible challenge? That's what a regulator can do for this and add to the process, right? Uh, produce something that uh, uh you know realtors can help their customers with. Lenders can help their customers with and and bring a more cohesive process together here, and appraisers then know how to interact with the process as well. There's a lot of you know just misunderstanding and, and frustration even from the appraiser side about is this okay for me to do? Am, am I am I you know subjecting myself to to scrutiny by even addressing this right? Um, but if but if a, a, a standardized process is implemented here. I think it brings some certainty to that process from for all parties and, and gives them a chance to um, interact with that in a in a, in a healthy way.
1: I, I couldn't agree more. We
0: didn't build remote valve for appraisals. We built it for appraisers. With remote val, you are in control. Unlike a hybrid valuation, you directly gather the information, photos, and measurements you need while communicating with the homeowner. And with no travel time, Remote Val increases the number of inspections you can perform. Combined with 24-hour pay and our exclusive benefits, it's no wonder more appraisers are choosing InCenter Appraisal Management. Remote Val is fast, easy to use, and completely free for appraisers. To see a demo of Remote Val in action, visit InCenterAM.com.
1: So in closing, Jeremy... Are you optimistic about 2022? Are we going to see the same volumes? What do, what do you uh, see on the uh, happening in appraiser land?
2: I think I'm, I'm extremely optimistic. I, I know that there, there's a lot of opportunity to get a little worried or, or afraid of what change might bring us here because there's so many moving parts and, and things that could could be, that just feel like a threat to the appraiser um, and their livelihood, right? Uh, so there's there's that component of it. But as an appraiser, I, I, I always wanna be focusing my efforts on what is my most value add to the process. And um, I think there's a lot of opportunity here for, for appraisers who have to juggle all those aspects of running a business. To be able to really start focusing on that that one thing that actually generates revenue for them, and that's being a, a, a consultant, being an, an an analyst that that really looks at the market and and does that real um, important implementation of judgment and, and expertise in the valuation process. Now that doesn't mean appraisers you know, need to stop you know inspecting homes and and being out in the field and. Look, I think there's a place for all of that all along the process here, but I do agree that there's a, a a reasonable argument here for risk sizing, you know, the scope right of an appraisal because that's what this is all about, right? If I'm not bringing value to my end user, because the appraisal is really just a super superfluous component in this really low risk transaction at 10 percent LTV or 20 or 30 percent LTV with a really great credit profile. Wow. I mean, is the lender even going to look at that appraisal report at that point? I want to give them something that they can use. And, and so how do I how do I interact in all the different scenarios might be presented here? And, and I think that there's an opportunity across the spectrum uh, for appraisers to interact, but they got to be willing to, to absorb some change, or be ready to, you, you know, make some changes in their own workflows. A 10.04 URAR, was the tool it may not always be the tool for every uh, you know every loan program or every loan application out there and so i think there's there's need to to be more open minded and then you know appraisal modernization takes on a lot of different forms of conversation and a lot of times it focuses on how do we rely less on the appraiser and i, I don't think that's the right approach i think it, it, it we really need to look at appraisal modernization from a variety of uh, vectors and look at the point that Appraisers could be more efficient. Their capacity can grow if, if we give them the right tools, we give them the right uh, technology. And, and it can't be technology that, that is implementable five years from now. It needs to be something they can use today. And so all these great policies and pilots and things that are going on are great. And they're, they're going to set us up for, for what's to come down the road. But how do we, how do we tool the appraiser today to be efficient in, in the, the paradigm that exists today? <laughs> Um, and, and that's really where ACI is focused and that's where I'm focusing as, as a product manager um, and, and really looking to, um, to, to chip away at some of those inefficiencies that exist in the process today without sacrificing quality and efficacy of the work.
1: I couldn't agree more. Well, Jeremy, I really appreciate you joining us today and again. Congratulations on becoming Valuation Visionary for 2022.
2: Thanks so much, John.
1: ProxyPix is the first of its kind on-demand
0: system for getting location-specific media you need from wherever you are. Their simple-to-use platform creates an online marketplace matching people needing property photos with proxies or data collectors near the requested location. Through crowdsourcing, you can get current up-to-date photos of anything on the map within hours, if not minutes. Never before has it been quicker, simpler, or more economical to get the property photos you need. Sign up on ProxyPix.com or download the ProxyPix app available on the Apple and Google Play Store. Thank you, Joan, and thank you, Jeremy. I want to congratulate you as well for Valuation Visionary Award for 2022. We also want to thank our sponsors for helping us put these together, and we appreciate all the support from our listener community. If you have an idea for future Buzzcast or would like to be interviewed, reach out to us at info Thanks and have a great day. Thank you.